It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome one and all to the two-point stance, powered by FantasyPoints.com. Your one-stop shop for fantasy football news, betting, DFS advice. And today, oh, today, folks, whether you're in the backyard grilling like Mr. Dolan was or maybe getting some uh, fast food drive through like I was, you are going to take something special away from this show because it is a topic that all of us wrestle with year in and year out in fantasy football, and it's how do I draft and stream these damn defenses and special teams we got a special guest with us, new writer to FantasyPoints.com, Mr. Ryan Heath. Before we bring him in, Joe, welcome. Welcome back. Good to talk to you, my friend. What's going on down there in South Kakalaka? Uh, it's uh, it's a, a Kakalaki del Sur, as we call it here. Um, uh, actually, I'm the only one who calls it that. Uh, now, um, it's a big golf week here in South Carolina, uh, the PGA Championships this week, but more importantly... Uh, the grinder, Tom Brawley, and a couple of my other buddies are coming down. We're going to play three courses here in the upstate uh, area, including the Walker course at Clemson University, which is a phenomenal course. Um, makes my old home course, the blue course at Penn State, look like a putt-putt course. Um, I played like absolute dog shit the last time I played there, so I'm going to try to be a little bit better. But it's a big golf week here. There are no other sports that exist outside of golf and fantasy football. Um, <laughs> and the Phillies, the Phillies exist right now, uh, so, as, as long as they get a fifth starter. But it's good to talk to Ryan. He is uh, a, a brand new contributor to FantasyPoints.com, and we love highlighting the, the young uh, and up-and-comers who, in my opinion, he's already arrived. Drake, we've got him. We, we've had Jake Tribby on to talk spring. We, we're bringing these young guys on the podcast, Ryan and Jake. Jake comes on to talk spring football, but by the way, he's a psychopath. He loves it. So it's like <laughs> Ryan's coming on to talk defenses. So maybe not the most um, sexiest topics that there are to talk about. Nonetheless, important. And Ryan just had, and I'm going to uh, let you introduce it and let Ryan explain it, just in, in my opinion – Maybe the best piece on defense special teams I've ever read in fantasy football. He did a great job. You can check that out up at the website, and we're going to talk about it today. Yeah, wait till you, we bring on the kicker expert next week. Um, anyways, so Ryan Heath, follow him on Twitter, folks. He is at QBL Ryan. This is a young gentleman here who's fresh out of those college streets. Ryan, welcome to the show. I'm jealous here. Do you miss college life already? Oh, I absolutely do. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Very excited to be on here. But yeah, right now, so I'm a year out of college right now. So the people that were a year behind me are graduating right now. I'm seeing like all their Instagram stories and stuff of them doing all the graduation stuff. I'm oh, like, gosh. oh, man, like what what happened to me in the last year? Like, yeah, man, it's it's tough just thinking back to those days already. I graduated college in 2003. So we'll, we'll move on, <laughs> but you're all about grinding the edges that matter in fantasy football. And one of those edges is defenses and special teams. And there's so many times we're sitting in our home league draft and you know, it's time, Oh, we got to get a kicker and a defense. That's when guys start getting up. They start cracking another beer. Joe starts, you know, pounding Evan Williams bottles and everyone just kind of just forgets about those positions. But if we want to win, 
there's actually a method to the madness. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How let's start with this. How can predict it? Uh, how predictive can we be with uh, defensive special teams? Because their stats though, like sacks and turnovers really don't correlate year to year. So is there anything out there that does and should lead us to finding those defenses that we should be drafting? Sure. So we can't be as predictive as pretty much any other position in fantasy football. So just to hold expectations in here, we don't really have the secret sauce for defense, but there are things we can look at aside from, as you mentioned, sacks or turnovers that aren't very sticky at all year to year. In fact, one of the best things we can look at is actually just the Vegas win total over under that we have in the preseason for each of these teams. Uh, There's a lot of reasons why, but it really does a good job of pricing in a lot of the qualities that we would look for in a fantasy defense. So obviously, number one is just how talented their defense is, but Also their offense, because offense matters as well for a fantasy defense. You need at least a competent quarterback that can keep the offense on the field and the defense off the field. That tends to help out a lot. I don't know if it was Lee Corso or Brent Musburger, but one of them said, this is my favorite line ever. He goes, "Uh, there's a man in the desert who knows something, and I'm going to go with that man. These guys know what they're talking about. It's not rocket science. Yeah, Las Vegas would just be a uh, would be a, a desert town if it wasn't for them being good at their jobs. No, now Ryan, the, the the question I have is, and and maybe you can't answer this, and you obviously go into detail, great detail in uh, the article, which is uh, appropriately titled "How to Draft and Stream Fantasy Defenses." Um, but how much does a defense being a good defense matter for fantasy, like? In terms of, let's just say the metric is yards. How much does that matter, yards per game? Or are there other factors that really you try to separate out? Because, um, again, teams don't seem to repeat as the top fantasy defense every year. What a, Does being a good defense actually matter the way being a good offense matters for, for fantasy football? Yeah, being a good defense does definitely matter. But as you're kind of alluding to, there are a lot of other situational factors that sort of surround it. So schedule is really one of the biggest. uh, And that's there's a couple of reasons for that. The first one is that the there are defenses that you can hold on to for the entire season and mostly play in every single game that's maybe three or four defenses every single year. Aside from that, you are best off streaming and picking up a defense based on a matchup uh, every single week. And by doing that, you can get like top five defense production equivalent just by playing the matchup. So schedule, I would say, is a really, really big factor. And it's the reason why certain teams that I have really high in my rankings or much lower than you might expect in my defense rankings are kind of deviating from what you would expect. So for a really good example is my New England Patriots. Uh, We're top three in almost every category we care about for defenses last year, but I cannot draft them as a top three fantasy defense this year because they open up with games against the Eagles, the Dolphins and the Cowboys. So they're, you're going to draft them. The Eagles are probably going to smash them in week one. I'm sorry to all my other Patriots fans. I 
feel like I'm Judas on this podcast saying that to these guys. Talking but, to a couple of birds fans here. We're cool with it. Yeah. Yeah. I know, I know you guys, that's music to your guys' ears, but as soon as the Eagles go out and do whatever they're going to do to the Patriots in week one, they're going to come off that, go to the Dolphins and the Cowboys. They're probably not going to produce against these teams. They're probably going to get dropped. The, the Patriots defense is going to be great if you don't draft them and wait until someone drops them. That That is how I would approach them. So, yeah, that's how a really good, talented defense can be not great as far as which one you want to draft in fantasy. So one of the things I want to want to talk about, and, and this is going to sound like a cop-out from somebody who's in the rankings business, but if we're, we would be doing our subscribers a disservice at the website, we would be doing our listeners a disservice if we don't project fantasy defenses. And if you're doing a projection, it's always going to come out, oh, the most fantasy points is your number one ranked defense. But I think herein lies some of the fallacy of like rankings contests and how things go in that regard, because man, it, I would even imagine like the number one defense in total fantasy points. In my opinion, it is rare that a defense is one that you want to pick up and kind of start the entire year. I think maybe the Eagles were that this year because they had so many sacks, but it always seems to me that like uh, I'm thinking back to the Jaguars of 2017 oh, when God. they almost went to the Super Bowl but on the strength of that defense, and, and everybody was drafted tenth round. Like it, that stuff doesn't happen anymore. But could you, Ryan? Could, could am I on the right path? Is there kind of a fallacy, maybe more of a disconnect with defenses from season long rankings vis a vis how useful these defenses actually are? There absolutely is, yeah. Uh, as I kind of said, there you will maybe get one or two defenses per, in a season that you're comfortable starting in every single matchup. Uh, what you're saying with the Jaguars there gets at another important point, which is defensive talent in general is is just much less sticky than offensive talent every single year. Um, there have been a million studies on this, uh, looking at expected points added for play on the offensive and defensive sides. It, it's so much stickier on offense, probably because a, on offense, it comes down to how good is the quarterback. Most of those good ones are on like franchise QB type of contracts. They're there for the long term. Defenses have much more personnel turnover, uh, especially a lot of scheme turnover generally. So it, just because a defense seems to all come together and click in one year definitely does not mean it will in the following year. You had a great uh, little story in the article, which is, again, up at FantasyPoints.com, where you talk about efficient versus inefficient markets. And you use this great example of Tesla and Panasonic. Break that down for our audience to kind of, you know, extrapolate the thought of this is a good defense because the metrics say so, but like, eh, maybe, maybe like what Joe's saying with the rankings, maybe they're not the greatest defense for our fantasy lineups. Sure. So it that story is meant to sort of explain why we should care more about what Vegas thinks of these teams with their win totals versus these other stats that we have for them. Uh, so it, imagine that you are thinking about investing in Tesla. So I, I'm not a huge finance guy, but I do know that Tesla as a stock is very volatile. It can 
just completely tank or go up like crazy in a single day based on what Elon Musk decided to tweet. So yep. it can be really hard to look at Tesla's stock valuation and say, okay, th this is a good representation of how valuable their company is, right? So if you want a good valuation of Tesla, you can actually look to a stock that is correlated with the value their valuation but that is much more stable and is much more efficient is much more grounded in the actual fundamentals of that company so if you look at panasonic's valuation if panasonic has a good year if they find a way to supply batteries to tesla easier and cheaper that should increase the value of tesla stock it may or may not because tesla stock is inefficient but we know Panasonic stock is efficient, so we can use that to get at least a decent idea of how valuable Tesla is. And I feel like I'm spinning circles in this analogy right now, but the point is that the Vegas win total over-unders are an efficient market. There's millions and millions of dollars poured into these every single offseason. The stakes for them being right or wrong are much higher than the stakes of, say, the ADP on whichever fantasy platform for your defenses. So that, that's kind of why you should just trust the win totals as opposed to the ADP or the sack totals or whatever it is, because we know that these win totals are more predictive, even if they're not directly related to the defense and how it scores fantasy points. So, Ryan, in this article, you use um, a calculation um, called R-squared. For anybody who's who's more than just average at math, they're going to know what that is. But somebody like me, I'm like, hey, I'm coming across this, and I'm like, is the layperson going to understand this? And you use R-squared, which basically explains a correlation between two uh, – is coefficients the right word? It's been a while since I took a math class. Sounds about uh, – yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> oh, let's let's go with that. Um First and foremost, explain R-squared um, for, for the layperson when they read this article and explain how completely useless ADP is in projecting uh, what, what the good fantasy defenses are going to be. Because I don't think you have to know what a great what R-squared is to know that .03 is not a good one. Yeah, sure. explain <laughs> R-squared for those other people who don't understand, like people with broadcasting <laughs> degrees. Of course. <laughs> so yeah, I, did, I didn't know this question was going to be on the test. I feel like I'm back in college again already. But so R squared is basically describing what percentage of the variation is explained by a variable. So if ADP has a 0.03 R squared to defense scoring, that's basically saying it can only explain 3% of defense scoring of what why the defense scoring is the way it is so that means it's not very predictive so right yeah at, if you and i mean to be fair a lot of these other metrics win totals included you're not really going to get much higher than like 10 to 15 percent explaining that much variance but it's better but it's better exactly well, if you guys want to get better at anything like drafting, you need to do it 
over and over. You got to practice at those things. Why don't you hop over to see our friends at the FFPC? Because right now, all FFPC tournaments that are launching and drafting for 2023, are they're ready to go, baby, just except for that main event. We know that kicks off a little later. But we got two big-time tournaments with a million dollars in grand prizes, the FFPC main event and the Fantasy Pros Championship. We got dynasty startups like Joe, uh, Joe and I did. We got an orphan team. You can have all sorts of fun at the FFPC starting daily at $100 all the way up to five grand with these dynasty contests. You want to play best ball? 125 entry into the FFPC best ball tournament, super flex best ball for only $35. They're all firing away. Get over there right now. Get your teams locked and loaded and have some fun. Go to my FFPC for more. Hanging out with our guy, Ryan Heath. Remember, you want to go follow him on the Twitter machine at QBL Ryan. Got to get this guy some more followers. You only got 1,500. We're going we're gonna to double that after this show uh, After this show airs. We're going to get you all kinds of followers here. Don't make so promises you can't keep, Trey. Dude, we'll, this, we'll get him some. Yeah, we'll get him we're some. talking Twitter here and inefficient markets and Elon and all this. I've been sitting at literally the same follower number for like two months, and I paid for the stupid blue check mark. You're like, oh, oh. I, I, I want my tweets to be seen and blah, blah, blah for content. It didn't help at all. I can't get a follower to save my life. If anyone's out there, at Drake Fantasy. Slide into the DMs. I'll answer I mean, your that's, you're not really selling Ryan on our podcast right now, yeah, well, Drake. Um, yeah. Ryan, about, let's, well, Ryan too. Right, let, let's get into the, the to the meat and potatoes here. Um, because I'm, I'm glad that you used basically just incredibly smart analysis to break down what I actually do in, in drafting fantasy, I'm never the first person to draft a defense because somebody is, oh, inevitably, somebody's going to take one before the last two rounds of a fantasy draft. But what I like to do is just what you said. Good week one matchup. If it has, I'll bump a team up if it has a projected good week two matchup as well. And the teams that are a little bit down in the ADP, these are the teams I want to target. When you're looking to draft defense, um, you have a couple of categories here. You have draft and hold, and you have draft and see. Um, I'm guessing you're probably not somebody who plans on holding a defense from the start of a season. Um, but um, explain these two categories here, draft and hold, draft and see, and how you like to attack your, your fantasy defenses in the draft. Sure. So kind of my top four in my rankings are draft and hold. And I, I consider them that because these are the defenses, at, at least from the limited predictiveness that we can do. These are the four that I think at least are like a clear top tier. So that's the Eagles, the 49ers, the Cowboys and the Bills. Uh, I mean, the reasons for all that, I mean, all of those defenses were top five last year, top five in EPA per play, all of these important metrics that I go over in the article. So just kind of, kind of the thought with hold them is if you're going to take one of those defenses and they have like a bad week one or a bad week two, it's probably worth holding on to them just from the tiny little amount of analysis we can do and say, oh, this is probably what a good defense looks like going into the year. I would give them a game or two of a leash. But yeah, if if any of those four don't perform in the first couple of weeks, then yeah, I mean, yeah, feel you don't actually have to hold them. You never have to hold the defense. Your tier two is draft and C, and there's a couple of names in here uh, of teams that people really want to go out and get. 
I always see people every year. They want to draft the Baltimore Ravens. They go, oh, Baltimore is good every year. You know, they were 19th last year. So to be honest, they weren't that great. Uh, but we've got a, a healthier secondary coming back. Their offense should be much improved with Lamar Jackson and all the weapons. And as you mentioned early in the show, the offense matters. You know, we need a team that can stay on the field and, and produce some points, unlike in the article you referenced, the Skylar Thompson Miami Dolphins. Talk about your tier two here, the draft and C teams. Yeah, definitely. So the, as you said, the Ravens definitely stick out for me. Um, if you look at kind of their season long stats, they didn't look great last year. Uh, but if you split it up from the first half of the season to the second half of the season, in the first half, they were just 28th in defensive EPA per play. They were top five in the second half of the year, and they were a usable defense in fantasy down the stretch as well. That's kind of why I like them that along with just some easy early matchups like against the Texans, the Colts, the Steelers. Uh, There's just a lot of good looking things for them. Their ADP right now is like DST nine. So you can probably get them somewhat realistically in the final round of a draft. So I do like them a lot. Uh, Another team I like that is maybe a little sneakier is the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, So the offense again is going to be part of that, but they have like some pretty good pieces on their defense as well. Trey Hendrickson was really good rushing the passer last year, Uh, but the Bengals early on get to play Matt Stafford that who still doesn't have an offensive line. Last I checked uh, either Ryan Tannehill or Will Levis, and then probably the Colt McCoy Cardinals. So if they get through like their first two uh, divisional games, then they're looking pretty good fairly early on in the season. And yeah, I mean, again, they were decent enough last year. Great point differential. uh, One of the highest implied win totals uh, for the season. So a lot of good pieces there. It's funny because you mentioned the Kansas city chiefs in this tier. I love Kansas city for fantasy the last few years because they do things exactly like your top four draft and hold teams do. They get out ahead with a lead. And in the second half, they can pin their ears back and chase down the quarterback, accumulate sacks, uh, strip sacks, fumbles. And that's really what leads to points uh, for DSTs, especially turnover. So I, I love Kansas city there. And Joe, I see you got something for him. Yeah, uh, Ryan, I'm um, sorry. My buddy who was coming down to golf literally called me while we were on here. He doesn't like to on the show. What's he think of the defense? Yeah. Oh, oh, he'll, uh, he'll, he'll give you some four letter words. Um, no, right. <laughs> so here, here is the other part of this equation. If you're likely drafting a defense and you're not drafting and holding as you don't recommend, is there predictive statistics, predictive metrics that we can use to accurately stream defenses throughout the year. What do the numbers show? I mean, I think we all have our preconceptions. Well, you just want to take the teams that are the biggest favorites, whatnot, against bad quarterbacks. But what does the analysis actually show? Yeah, so the analysis does show that you do want favorites, of course. Uh, You want teams that are not implied a lot of points to be scored against them. So, yeah, big favorites, um, a a low total can help with that, but a low total in itself isn't necessarily going to help. But adding on to that, we have a metric with fantasy points data, which I, I hear is coming out soon. I keep hearing this, but it is. <laughs> the, we have pressure metrics uh, 
called pressure rate over expected and pressure rate over expected allowed, what we can do is look at these two metrics for both teams on each side of a game and take the differential of those and find teams that are really good at generating pressure who are facing teams that also give up a ton of pressure. And it turns out based on all the linear regressions and the map and stuff that that actually helps us predict even better than just using the betting odds and the implied totals by themselves. So both are important, but the pressure is an element that I think is pretty important that I think can give you an edge week to week and that I look forward to talking about uh, throughout the season. And we've got a great tool at fantasypoints.com that you guys can go use. It's our O-line, D-line matchup tool. We've had that for a while at this uh, site. It's going to be expanded this year, Drake. But yeah, we, we're going to have more. We're going to have more of that with fantasy points data. And, and and fortunately, Ryan says the data is pretty predictive in this regard. I like what I'm hearing there. And if you want to put some of that to the test, why don't you go over to Underdog and just remember, this show is sponsored by Underdog. We have so much fun. We're talking best ball drafts and the biggest fantasy football tournament of all time. Best Ball Mania 4 is live. If you don't know what best ball is, this must be your first time listening to the show then. But here's all you got to do, folks. I'm going to break it down for you quick. Just enter Best Ball Mania on Underdog's mobile app. You draft your team. That's it. Set it. Forget it. There's no lineups. You're not looking for – you don't even have to pick a defense in these leagues, which is even better. Underdog is going to optimize your lineup weekly to create the highest scoring uh, option. It's that easy. Best ball mania for your shot at first place. It is $3 million. I got to get a piece of this $3 million, Joe. I'm telling you right now. Go over to the app store. Download Underdog Fantasy. Use promo code FANTASYPTS. You know the deal by now. We're going to double your first time deposit up to $100 with Fantasy PTS. And when we do that, you're going to get a fantasypoints.com subscription for just $5, a $60 value for five bucks. Again, folks, use code fantasypts. Sign up today with that code. Get your first deposit, double up to $100. Get a fantasypoints.com subscription for five bucks. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with promo code fantasypts. Remember, folks, you got to be 18 and over, 19 and up in Alabama. Nebraska, sorry, Cornhuskers, you're 21 and up. Massachusetts and Arizona. Any state that's uh, where underdog operates, just make sure. Terms apply, folks. Just It's not a one-size-fits-all proposition. You know that by now. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Here in New York, where I am, one 877 hope ny and for you volunteers in Tennessee, 1-800-889-9789. All right, I got that off the my chest. We're talking with Ryan Heath. Make sure you're following him at QBL Ryan on Twitter. So it's my draft. I'm rocking and rolling. I got a couple IPAs in me, right? I'm trying to be smarter than the average bear. Who am I streaming week one once the Jokers take you know, the Eagles in the seventh round, someone takes San Francisco in round 10, and I'm just collecting running backs and wide receivers. But I need someone here, right? So who am I streaming in week one? 
Sure, yeah, I've got a couple good week one streamers for you. Uh, both of these should be easily draftable in most leagues. The first is going to be the New Orleans Saints. So in week one, they're currently three and a half point favorites at home against the Titans. We don't know if it's going to be Tannehill. Maybe it's Levis week one somehow. But either way, uh, the Titans were second worst in QB pressure rate over expected allowed last season. That's that very predictive pressure metric. So could be a lot of sacks getting dialed up in that game. And even beyond then, I kind of like how the Saints are looking. They get the Panthers, the Packers, the rebuilding Buccaneers right after that. So that that's a good defense to draft with the intention to stream for one week. But hey, maybe things work out and you end up holding on to them a little longer. And then my second week one streamer I really like right now is the Washington Commanders. So they were quietly pretty efficient on defense last year. They were fifth in EPA per play over the whole season. And in week one, they played the Colt McCoy Cardinals. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect the Commanders to be a great fantasy defense season long just with their six and a half win total. They're probably not going to be controlling most game scripts, but... For the beginning of the season, that's also not a bad place to start. I love that. I'm really digging that Saints pick. Nobody in your home league is picking the Saints up. In the I draft. always that, have to come call. up with one that I want in every league, Drake, where I draft actually draft defenses because I like to be – I'm we're in so many leagues where I just like to be on the same page with myself. So, <laughs> like – I think last year it might have been the Colts or something. I thought they got off to a great starter. Maybe that was two years ago. But I just drafted this low ADP defense in every league. That's how I approach it. Um, and, and that's how Ryan's going to approach it for us this year. Um, Ryan Ryan is actually, Drake, going to uh, – I'm going to make this announcement right on the podcast, Ryan. Now, th- things are Breaking subject news. to change. Things are subject to change. Do you know? We have so much analysis at fantasypoints.com. We got Brett Whitefield's prospect guy. We got Hanson's draft plan. And we got Brawley's best bets. And we got me doing whatever the hell I'm going to do. We got Graham Barfield doing stat packs. Scott Barrett doing the DFS breakdown. Do you know what is one of the single most read articles on the entire website? Oh, it's got to be defensive streamers. Streaming defenses. I read I it Ryan's going to do that this year. Uh, and look, it, it makes sense though, right? Ryan, you even wrote in the article. Don't worry about calculating all this shit. We're going to do it for you. So uh, we're looking forward to it. Um, he is a rising star in the industry. QBL Ryan, Ryan Heath. Um, thanks so much for joining us, man. Drake, thanks. Uh, thanks for uh, Ryan. Thanks for being on talking some defenses. Not a sexy topic, but a necessary one. And uh, this is where the edge is. No doubt about it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, guys. I, I love talking about these kind of little mini games within the game of fantasy football that that's kind of fun for me i don't think i'm quite as psycho as jake Tribby is with the spring football stuff but i i hope i can li- live in that shadow a little bit he legitimately loves it like like the thing about Tribby that's awesome is like i remember a couple of years ago when i was with another site and we're like well the xfl starting do we have to do this and i guess we do DraftKings is gonna have content and Tribby's like give us me <laughs> I want to do it. I want to do it now. <laughs> like, uh, so I do not have to convince him. Hey, Jake, do do you think we need a USFL article? Yes, we do. It's already done. Here it is. We need three. We need three. <laughs> so no, that's great, man. Um, 
I just love having you guys enthusiastic about stuff like this because it fires me up too. Um, and it's a useful article. It's one of those oh, articles yeah, where like it, Drake actionable is the word, right? We, we love that word actionable. Streaming defenses is actionable article. Oh my gosh. I read that every single week and there's always people searching for that info because they're streaming and they got to know, all right, well, listen, am I picking up the Vikings this week? Titans got a good matchup. Who can I get next week? But before we get out of here, let me ask you this, right? And Joe, what are your thoughts even early in the season about carrying multiple defenses? If you know, Oh, I got this one next week. I got the great buy here. I got good matchups. What are your thoughts? Can you, uh, uh um, can I answer this, Ryan? Because I want to hear your, fr- well, I have a very hard and fast rule. No freaking way early in the season. However, come playoff time, I think it's a shrewd move, uh, d- depending on bench size, but uh, I want to hear, sorry, Ryan, I-, I stepped on your toes there, but uh, I have no, a very, I, very I mean, hard I, and yeah. fast opinion there. Yeah. I, I agree completely. Yeah. You cannot, the opportunity cost of using an extra roster spot on a defense early in the year when there are all these running backs and wide receivers that could potentially fall into volume, uh, be the beneficiary of an ambiguous backfield, uh, get an injury in front of them. You want to be using these bench spots on the more impactful, more upside heavy positions. But yeah, I agree with Joe later on in the season. If you can plan out like your week 14, 15, 16, 17 matchups in the playoffs with covering it with two different defenses. Yeah, absolutely do that. I mean, like, the, uh, how many people? Uh, no, I'm not picking on Hanson here, but how many people kept Sky Moore on their roster in Week 15, 16, when a second defense probably would have been a better use of resources? Because you, when we're doing a fantasy, you're blocking someone else too. Yeah, no doubt. That when we're doing a fantasy draft, we don't know the answers to the test. We're 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 taking an educated guess at the answers to the test. But for guys like the sleeper rookie wide receivers, second year wide receivers, by week 13, we know the answers to the test. You know, so yeah, that I'm totally cool keeping a second defense at that time. All right. Our guest today, Mr. Ryan Heath on Twitter at QBL. Ryan, Ryan, thank you so much for the time. Joe at FG underscore Dolan. I am at Drake Fantasy, and I'll also be streaking the 18th green at the PGA in Rochester on uh, Saturday. Just check me out. Uh, on tv i'll be hard to miss but thank you everybody for checking us out here on the two-point stance remember leave us a nice review on your podcast platform subscribe to that youtube channel we get so so much great content going up over there on youtube the whole team is just really coming together it's a lot of fun so don't forget to go over and check out fantasy points on youtube until then we'll see you later in the two-point stance Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com.